for more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the Lifehug channel, your number one source for personal Islamic development. We have Sheikh Abdurrahman Murad with us. We have Sheikh Muhammad Yafa. We have Sheikh Daoud Walid. We have Dr. Abdullah Hakim Quick. And we have Astad Abdullah Andalusi. Sheikh Abdurrahman, uh, you have uh, daughters. Now, how do you feel? Are there, and you know, with, uh, you know, the sisters, there's almost like a special attack that's like tailored for them. You know, they're, they're kind of hit on different levels psychologically. Um, you know, they're now they're being physically assaulted and accosted uh, in the streets. And, you know, you've seen lately in Alberta, it's been like a, a like an epidemic. It's a pandemic. It's an epidemic of assaults on specifically, uh, you know, Muslim sisters and especially our um, uh, black uh, Muslim women sisters. So, like, what are things that you feel that we need to do to help, especially for the sisters, help support their development and help them, you know, uh, be able to overcome, you know, some of the barriers and challenges that they're going to be facing? Well, uh, Doctor, the thing is that, subhanAllah, if you look at the news article that came out a few days back in Calgary, this is public in the public sphere, the global news, where a school administration, an Islamic school, um, the kids walked out of the school. Why? Because the kids there, uh, who are from, you know, uh, uh, an African descent, uh, you know, uh, this kid, and I hate to say this, but this is what was written in the article. The kids said that they felt discriminated because of their skin color. So these Muslim kids had to go out in protest, you know, against their administration. Who's the administration? Muslims. So it was, it's just a complete, يعني, I don't know what to say, travesty, it's just, it's disgusting that we, if we're talking about, you know, how to rectify, how to give a proper role model to our, you know, daughters, our sisters, uh, the sisters, you know, within the larger community, we have to no doubt rectify that problem that we have within us and that to address that, you know, those... And just to comment on uh, what you're saying, Sheikh, because I read that article too, what I find dangerous, and maybe you can comment on it as well, what I find doubly dangerous for the sisters is that, you know, it's almost like they run into the arms of a wolf. Because if you notice some of the terminology those sisters who were protesting used, they're using all yeah. woke terminology. They're using like, oh, we have to deal with microaggressions. Like, yeah. no, we can rectify this situation with Islam. You know what I mean? You don't have to go into the arms True. of like this uh, woke wolf you know what i mean so continue Sheikh, like because it's because that's one thing that i noticed too i was very worried about that well it's sad to see that this has come out you know the way that it came out and the students felt that they had no other option except this option that was before them to go out publicly mm -hmm. and protest and mind you the article did say that you know the school was aware in advance that they'd walk out why didn't the school tell the kids let's forget the walkout we can address this issue right now in the school we can deal with it they, they left it till the last second till it came to this point. This is ridiculous. And this goes to tell you that there are within almost every community those hidden racist biases that, you know, we deal with. Yani, look, myself, I'm from a mixed race. And I do, every so often, get people telling me, oh, you're not Arab, you're not a pure Arab. So mm -hmm. it's like, if that's the case, you're going to experience all this. And by right, a person who looks differently than I do, 
would face, I don't know, subhanAllah, much worse. And these are lived experiences that they've been through that have been so traumatic and so difficult, subhanAllah. So my point to get back to what you asked about, I think the best way to kind of, you know, leave uh, our sisters in a better position is by ourselves standing up for which is right. They can see us defending the haqq, striving towards achieving that which is best. And then when they see us standing up for, you know, what is right and putting down oppression, that would give them that encouragement, that spark to likewise follow in the footsteps of the Prophet If you look at Rasulullah's time, he lived in a time when there was vast oppression in every level of society, subhanAllah. And when he came out, likewise, it was like a spark that changed the entire community. Alhamdulillah, and we see that visible change in the seerah of the Prophet So likewise today, taking those baby steps to kind of implement that change, I think it has to be done. But, you know, we have to start ourselves. We can't demand of our sisters, you know what? Be strong, be this. If we're not going to take the step ourselves as, as individuals, as imams, as, you know, people of knowledge, we have to take that initiative ourselves, take the lead in this. And we'll see no doubt that change manifest, you know, I'm sure. Uh, and even if that change is something that you might not see right now, at least you would put the seeds before, before the people. And th that change would, you know, come to pass sooner than later. You know, and I think it's important um, to stress empowerment, especially for the women and the girls, skills development training, because the more um, skills you have, the more you, you are empowered, mm. you know, that the, the sisters would be able to, you know, from themselves start to, to, to defend, you know, against these evils. We had at one point in, in Toronto a rapist, and he was only raping Muslim women. And, 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 and this is in the eastern side. And so we, we, we ha had special classes, Wendo, which is a type of woman's Kung Fu, you know, and, you know, they, they could wear, wear Islam loose clothing. They learned that, you know, and at the end of the class, you know, Sister Zainab, you know, would break a board, mm. you know, and she breaks that board and she puts it over her bed. Mm. So the next time her husband was thinking about raising his hand, he looks at the board. <laughs> so this empowered her not only with the rapist, who alhamdulillah was eventually caught, but it also uh, empowered her with some of the foolishness that's going on uh, within our household. So empowerment, education, empowerment, uh, and then helping, and then engagement of the community to the problems. Ustad uh, Abdullah, are you seeing any sisters coming up? Uh, in the realm of uh, intellectual debate, you know, some of the area that um, you and some of the other uh, UK du'at and debaters, you know, obviously engage in. Do you see any sisters coming up in that field at all? Oh, a bit of a jump in the, in the, in the conversation. Um, yeah. uh, yes, there, there, there are many there are many sisters who are kind of uh, obviously rising um, as stars in, in terms of defending the dean um and i mean we, we, we've had we've had a few for many years but like one of them is pretty well known um which is zara faris she's also a, a member of the organization the muslim debate initiative which um uh, me and a few people co-founded together mm. uh where we obviously we we focus on explaining islam uh, via debate so it's very niche in that in that particular sense and so she's been uh she's engaged in many non-muslim feminists um debating them on the inconsistencies in their political philosophy uh, and even a few uh, Muslim feminists <laughs> as well, um, mm. uh, likewise. Uh, although we, although I think um, 
one of the things I always always observe is that the obviously the uh, Muslim knockoffs of these Western political philosophies are always uh, less of a challenge than uh, mm. than the yeah. debating the non the non Muslim um, non Muslims who obviously this is their deen uh, because the the student can never surpass the the teacher and so obviously Muslim knockoffs are not so good in uh, but she's a she, Zara Faris is a very good um, example and of course. I think she inspired someone in uh, in the United States, or there's also someone else that was also, I think, a former atheist um, and reverted back to Islam was uh, Noor Gooder, I believe, who does something similar in the United in the U.S. Um, so there's yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few, in fact. Um, but mm -hmm. these ones are like you could say those who actually engaged in debates, and um, uh, which is which is and hence kind of in 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 the in the radar of no of noting um, of any or anyone who follows debates in particular uh, mm -hmm. rather than just general lectures. obviously as for lecturers there's, there's many more but i was mm -hmm. looking at debates um I, I wanted just to highlight one thing i um perhaps uh, just in case i forget because there was some discussion on the issue of um uh kind of racism in the muslim community uh, when i was discussing about the issues of asabiya i wasn't suggesting uh, that there is one particular type of hatred is more or less than any other, uh, or they're all, they're all equal. I'm only just saying that there's this, you know, the many-headed hydra, it's a beast that has different heads. And um, some heads are bigger than others, other heads are less, but uh, they're connected ultimately to this, um, this common wellspring uh, where people identify with their group saying, well, whoever's in my group is the best or better than anyone in other groups, um, wherever it be, uh, the Arabs at the time of the Prophet Muhammad uh, who would look down upon obviously uh, uh, Bilal Habashi but also Salman al-Farsi uh, to the point that the Prophet Muhammad uh, uh, also had to defend Salman al-Farsi by saying that he's of me because the Arabs were, view were, were viewing him as being less inferior people, the Persians and being inferior to Arabs. Um, and then later on then being called the Ajam, the people of just, uh, you know, who can't really speak very well or who are mute generally. Uh, the non-Arab. So, and of course, if you go to the Muslim world, you, you speak to a Turk and ask them about Kurds and vice versa. Um, uh, you'll hear the kind of vitriol. Uh, so the thing is, is that um, uh, there's, there's no, we're not, when discussing these, are, these are all problems. They're not, they're not necessarily all manifesting in the same way or equally the, the, the case or, and some, uh, many Muslims will be facing worse, worse uh, kind of, discrimination um, because of their physical appearance compared to others, um, of course. But I say that they all come from ultimately this root of Muslims kind of viewing themselves as different from other Muslims, their brothers and sisters in Islam, and not mm. part of one ummah, uh, of, of which the only measure of social worth, uh, only measure of a worth in the ahirah is the, con is the, the color of our hearts, right? the color of our, of our character uh, and, and so on. So. Uh, and, and the only ones, the only, the only, the only brightness and darkness on their judgment are the brightness of those who are righteous and darkness of those who um, are, have rejected the truth or who have, uh, who are unrepentant sinners. So, uh, of mm. course, now I, I, I do, I do, um, I, I don't mean to, or maybe perhaps me, me be misunderstood to refer to that, say that one racism or one uh, nationalism or one um, xenophobia is worse than another. But that's not what, was, what I wanted to, do, to kind of discuss. Was merely that. These are all heads of a hydra, but we, we should aim to kill the hydra itself. Um, ultimately, to kill all the heads, uh, ideally, 
Um, but it doesn't mean that we don't tackle the heads as well but when they raise up. But I'm just saying that hopefully, inshallah, we should we should aim to put an end to it once and for all, as, as, much, as best as we can anyway. Um, uh, using <laughs> Uh, I agree with you that sometimes, uh, you know, what, what can happen is like everyone, it, it becomes like a suffering Olympics who suffered, uh, you know, the most, but we want to stop the core of that uh, in, injustice is important. And then at the same time, recognize that everyone's suffering is, uh, you know, different. And, uh, you know, some people have had a much more extreme version, you know, as like, especially what's happening, for example, the Yuga right now, is there any, race on the face of the earth that are that are uh, suffering more than the Uyghur uh, at this moment, you know. Um, but um, I want to just do a, a lightning round here because there's a few questions uh, that I received from the audience. So then if we can just, I'm going to just give one question to each uh, speaker, inshallah, and then we'll just do a maybe a, a quick lightning round with these, uh, you know, some of these questions. Uh, first question I'll give to... Uh, Sheikh Daoud, uh, how can Muslim women be involved and be equally seen in Islam da'wah work when it was said that two women is equal to that one man? Go ahead, uh, Sheikh. Well, uh, I wouldn't say just look to, to da'wah work uh, in general, but also this issue of islah that uh, Sheikh uh, Quick Hafizullah Ta'ala mentioned. And this is to empower and encourage our sisters to seek out Islamic scholarship more. Mm -hmm. It needs to be something that needs to be promoted and funded in the community. You know, I was um, just researching something not long ago and it relates to my, um, my latest book, which I'll be talking about tomorrow. And the great scholar, Ibn Asakir, at Dimashqi, rahimullah ta'ala, uh, who was a hafith of, of hadith. And, and that term is used for a hafith of hadith. Also, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani was one of those where it said that they had a uh, hundred thousand hadith memorized, knowing their isnad and knowing their strength. Like that's not just the Quran, hafith of Quran, but a hafith in all these hadith. It said that of the 290 shiyukh that Ibn Asakir had, rahimahullah ta'ala, in regards to his sacred knowledge, 80 of those 290 teachers were women. Ibn al-Hajr, most of his ijazat that he got came from women, right? So uh, this is something that uh, the colonial period in, in many places in the Muslim world actually had a negative effect. Um, mm -hmm in regards to uh, blocking access and reshaping how education is seen amongst Muslims. So I think that part of the tajdeed of this ummah and getting more sisters involved, not only in the da'wah, but also in Islamic teaching is that we sorely need to invest more in female scholarship. We need more uh, nana asma'us and and uh, the, like the daughter of Sheikh uh, uh, Uthman Danfodio, who was a, uh, uh, an alima in, in her own right. We need uh, more people like that in Canada, in America, in UK, Germany, et cetera. We, that's what we need to be pushing forward, I think. And Allah knows best. Uh, Sheikh Yafa, how do we begin to break cultural barriers in our Muslim community and prevent those silos that often form? 
Yes, yes um, we, we, some of the things that we discussed here today are important, uh, starting from the attitude of the, of the leaders and the imams towards the, the people themselves. And um, the other one is there is nothing you can do without uh, communicating and showing, and showing empathy with, uh, with, with people. Um, we, uh, today, practically, we have technology and you can sit from the comfort of your home and call somebody. Um, maybe the first time you call them, they will think maybe you're sleeping. Well, why is, why is your she calling me? But maybe if you call them twice, they know that you care. Because um, um, we, we cannot leave it to only when we are called on duty before we connect. Um, the silos are dangerous, not only for our ummah, as, as a community, it's dangerous for our health as well. And uh, it's dangerous for our family lives. Um, and the leaders have to show example. I would like to, um, to connect with, with the shiuch here, for example. Once in a while, I should be able to say, Asalaamu Alaikum Ya Ustaz Dawood, how are you doing today? How's everything? And then maybe hear what's going on in his community once every six months, something like that. And uh, if I tell my, my children that, I teach them that um, their, their uh, family and their relationship is not only within um, the, their nuclear family or within their friendship circle in school, that uh, I'm going out. Because my children ask me, for example, who was that, who are you talking to? So I should be able to tell them I'm talking to this person that is of this background and so on. So um, the silos are dangerous for us, first of all, and we, we think we can solve it by by working more by ourselves. And what happen, What happens is it backfires and, and causes health problems, causes relationship problems. So, um, uh, the, the leaders and the shiuch and the and the and the asatida should initiate gatherings that are not too heavy, where people can have discussions that are not too heavy as well. If you have a regular class that you give. I think for people to feel they belong there, that just coming to feed their mind, their minds, they could also have times when they just talk about uh, light things, about other books that they have read, about other experiences that they have had, because these things break the ice between people and they are able to um, uh, to connect. One thing also uh, I learned in, in, in my adult education, um, uh, 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 pursuing adult education is, uh, really starting sessions, especially if they are small, with asking people to, to, to give some kind of check-in to see how they are doing. That, that, that's the way you learn what is going on in people's lives. That's the way you learn what's going on in people's lives. Uh, if you just come and sit and go straight to, to topic and to duty and then separate, you are feeding people's mind, but you are missing something in their hearts and their spirit. So um, we have to be creative, really. And I think the most important thing is to have the near and the vision of, um, of, of breaking the barriers and getting us out of the silos. And then the ideas can differ from one group to the other, from one place to the other, from one circumstance to the other circumstance. Ustad uh, Abdullah, uh, you, I believe, answered this to a degree already, but maybe you can just highlight the most important points uh, to address this question. What is the greatest obstacle or fitna to the Muslim activist? That's a really big question. 
where do I begin? You want, want us to want a brief answer or, or um, yeah, if we can have a brief you... brief answer, inshallah. I have actually Maghrib approaching me very fast here. <laughs> uh, uh, brother, I, I fear the answer will, will, will lead to the to the, mm. the, the Eid prayer or Eid al Fitr. It will, it will be that long. <laughs> um the, the the fitna um uh okay well the, the the problem is it's the same fitna that i think many people um encounter but it, it, and it depends the level so if you have like a well-known um uh da'i of any kind a scholar or a non-scholar or, or, or uh, there's a different type of fitna involved um i, I think one one big okay, normal typical fitna i think is um the, the the Muslims kind of they have this I, I call it the the champion model of um, of uh, defending Islam, which is most people will just be content to sit back and let someone else um, one of their champions defend Islam for them, and this then gives a uh, a lot of pressure on people who are in the public eye to be able to answer every single question that they could ever be asked and. There's just many things that people just obviously don't know. Right? You just don't. You don't know, uh, and so uh, sometimes it leads to people to people coming up. And I mean, what they should say is, you know, um, like Imam Malik would say, "I don't know," right? And uh, that's that's basically part of wisdom. Is just say, "I don't know." Um, say that's good. That's a good question. I'll find the answer. I'll get back to you. Um, and sometimes what, what a big vice amongst those who are duad and are not scholars is uh, they start to speak on matters of fiqh or they start mm. to speak on matters of ikhtilaf amongst scholars which people who are far above their ranking haven't been able to resolve uh, between between scholars and somehow this da'i comes in and thinks oh, i'm going to solve it which seems pretty straightforward <laughs> things mm. that haven't been solved for a thousand years of, of ikhtilaf amongst schools of thought and this da'i is going to come and resolve it overnight mm. i don't i don't really think so so that's mm. a big fit and i wish that didn't occur i wish people just say I don't know, or that's a good question. I'll ask someone who knows. Give me your email, and I will get back to you, or something like this. Um, for those who are the the the, the non-scholar, that reminds me of how uh, the Trump said Jared Kushner would bring peace to the Middle East. He's like, yeah, I've assigned it to him. He'll get it done. <laughs> it's like they haven't been able to do this for like decades, <laughs> and you know this this uh, this guy's gonna solve it. So. Oh, this is, go ahead. Yeah, uh, keep, oh, right, if I might interject very quickly, sorry, yeah. I, forgot, I, I, I kind of want to explain the champion model. Yeah. I think that the better model that should be in place is that um, Muslims take it as a, each and every Muslim takes it as a personal responsibility, the acquisition of knowledge, mm. um, and to find the answers for themselves from experts and ask, and, and, and obviously their own studies guided by experts, obviously, and, and, and not expect that to, to do and not just do nothing and expect these somehow um uh that they their champions they look up to to resolve all their problems for them it doesn't work like that um you know allah will, will resolve our problems when we uh when we support allah, allah will support us as the quran says and all of us have to engage in that we can't just let some uh mahdi like figure which obviously doesn't exist at the minute um, uh to to resolve our, our issues that's not what we were intended to do as muslims we each intended to do our bit in this life. So anyway, that was just a point I wanted to raise. So the final question will go uh, for you, uh, Dr. Abdullah, quick. Uh, so uh, I think this is an important one uh, because of the week that has just transpired, especially for 
a lot of these core members and the fact that you have such a longevity being involved in Islamic work, I think you might be uh, best suited to give this uh, advice. So the question is, what advice would you give to MSA members to continue to stay involved in Dawah? Mm -hmm. Well, um, we have to realize that it, giving Dawah, calling people, you know, to Islam, it is one of the greatest things that we can actually do. And without going into the details, you know, of the hadith, you know, the Prophet ﷺ said, if Allah guides one person on your hand, it, it, it is like the best, like the red camel, like the best possession that you can get. So, you know, it, it is one of the greatest uh, actions that we can do. And also for the ummah, when we are calling to Islam in a particular area, uh, it is fard kifaya. You know, it is it is compulsory that somebody in that community should be calling non-Muslims to Islam. If nobody is doing it, then the whole community is in sin. So, mm -hmm. Dawah is 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 really um, it is a noble uh, uh, blessing. It is a, it is a, it is a task that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given to the prophets. It is the work of the prophets, and 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 we have to keep this you know in mind. Um, and and if if Allah can, you know, use you to change somebody's life, that this is an amazing thing. We yeah. cannot forget that that what Dawah really is. We we are enabling a person to change their whole life, their existence, their concept yeah. of God, the way that they live. And and, and so you know, it is uh, something that Inshallah would have a never-ending uh, reward. And, and you know can be of the greatest benefit, not only to the person but to the society, in this life and the hereafter. Uh, for all of your uh, advice, nasiha contribution, the time you have spent here for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive uh, this gathering and the attendees and uh, our shiuch and our speakers and to accept from us khair. For more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the Life Hug channel, your number one source for personal Islamic development. Do I feel that the New York police are providing enough protection or do I have to have protection of my own? I look for protection from Allah.